Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lastia Kahoot, and I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host on this show and in life, Glenn Sheridan. Every episode, we're joined by a special guest who inspires us to consider not only what we think, but how we think, and how that thinking impacts our life experience. It's time to get this conscious conversation started as we ask today's guest, who do you think you are? Okay, I can live with that. You can live with that? Yeah. Is it on your feet? No, it's 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 sort of to my right side, but yeah, it's okay. fine. All right. Okay, great. It's it's it, to me, I, your fan is blowing Adrian's hair to the side. <laughs> the way you guys are lined up. It's very powerful. You know, hold it up like Cookie Long stocking. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? My name is Lassia Kahoot, and once again, as always, I am here with my co-host in life and on the show, Glenn Sheridan. Hello, everybody. And today we have another super special guest that I am really excited to hang out with today because it is one of our friends from Toronto. And and I am so excited because the reason that I reached out to her was an, uh, thanks to an email that she had sent out a, maybe a couple of months ago um, announcing that she had just completed something that I keep seeing on my Facebook and in my emails and social media and stuff. She had just completed a the mindfulness and meditation teacher certification program with Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield. And this layered on top of everything else that this incredible, amazing human being is all about, just really piqued my interest and thought, you know what, we have to have her on the show. So, so this is someone, like I said, who uh, we know from Toronto. And she has spent 17 years in the wellness field, and she is a chiropractor, a doula, and a lover and teacher of yoga. She was my first yoga teacher. And she is, she is, you know, she is funny. She is smart. She is sassy. She is a lover of life. She has such an incredible spirit about her. And I, I just... I don't remember exactly how it is that we met. I'm pretty sure it was probably through my bakery when I had it, which was just a couple of streets or a couple of blocks down from her chiropractic clinic that she founded. But she is just a delight. She lights up the room with her smile. Um, she has this amazing laugh. She is so wise. And I am just so excited to find out what it is that is you know, already bubbling up and making its way forward in this conscious conversation that we're about to have today. But before we start, what I would like to do is she has what I think is a newer website that is all about her. And there is this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful quote from her on there that kind of encapsulates what it is that she thinks about the, the different modalities of healing that she's involved in and about life in general. So let me just read this for you. I believe that movement is medicine. Anytime we move, we create momentum for healing. I see birth as cellular movement, chiropractic as micro movement, and yoga as macro movement. Inner movement can create the outer movement of your life. 
And I have goosebumps as I'm reading that right now, which is so neat because we are sitting in a sweltering 35 degrees Celsius Victoria, not even in Victoria, the, on, on Vancouver Island, which is about 10 degrees hotter than it normally is at this time of year. But I'm feeling all like goosebumpy and chilly right now because the energy that is flowing in this conversation that is or an unfolding right now is so powerful and so profound. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to the world Dr. Adrian McRuby, doula, chiropractor, friend, yogi, and just all around amazing, brilliant, brilliant, luminous human being. And Dr. Adrian, I would like to ask you, as I ask everyone on this show, who do you think you are? So when you asked me to be on this podcast and I listened to a couple of podcasts, the first thing that came to me and I'm sticking with it, I am everything and I am nothing. That's the first, those are the words that came to me. And then I realized after I was like reading something and then it's a, it is a quote and I can't remember how it goes exactly, but I must've like, it must've sunk into my being at some point, but I think it was something like, um, like love is everything. Like I am, you know, like I can't remember the exact quote and I'm going to totally mess it up, but but I was like, I must have hung on to that and my life flows in between those. That's sort of how the quote went. I think it might've been Wayne Dyer. And, uh, and I think it just, it really just encapsulates a lot of things and, and really says like, again, it's the beginning, it's the end, it's the, <laughs> all, all the, all the beautiful stuff in between. So that's sort of what, what uh, came to me. You know, it's so neat that you say that because we had a friend of ours on the show many months ago, Donia Oxford, um, an incredible musician and self-proclaimed metaphysician and just like fantastical human being, incredible spirit. And I misquoted her in a workshop by saying that she said what you just said when she actually had said, I am not any one thing and I am everything. The idea was very, very similar. Um, but I think it's so neat that, you know, like it's just slightly different languaging, but very much the same idea. But what I really love is what you said about the in-between, you know, about just, just sort of like the space in between. And it reminds me of um, last Saturday when I spent the entire day in a, a day-long intensive immersive advanced consciousness studies class experience to make up for three classes that we had missed during the year and what we experienced going into um, the second half of it right after lunch was this healing sound bath that was put on by phil jacobs who is one of the welcome home teachers uh, through welcome home toronto and who also is one of the guest musicians i think on a monthly basis at global truth center toronto and and when he was talking about vibrations and people were asking about, you know, sort of the different frequencies that, that it's best to meditate at or, or heal at or whatever, the way he talked about it was more like it's not, you know, 432 or, or 538 or, you know, like whatever the number is, 
it's what happens in between those sounds, the vibration and sort of the, you know, the connectivity and the activity that is going on. That's where the healing occurs. That's where the expansion occurs. That's where, when we're talking about the quantum field, that's in the space is the infinite potentiality. And so I love that you just brought that up. So thank you. That, uh, and just seeing your smiling face right now, like knowing that we're talking to you is just so awesome. I thought I was like, it started bringing up like all of my yoga training and just, you know, and the, the idea of, of vibration. And, um, you know, it, it's so funny because, you know, thank you for the introduction, by the way, because even just going through all of that and all those lovely things that people say about you in, a, in an introduction, you're like, oh, thank you. Uh -huh. Be like you know just getting through life during COVID has been hard and and to to know that you know you resonate with some people and to hear nice things said about you is is is, is lovely so thank you um and i was also just going to say like we had this we had this little chat last night like a uh, uh through the the, the uh, clinic that that i run we had a we had we have nights that we meet and they're on zoom but we all sort of had uh, a night of inspiration, like what inspires us? Mm -hmm. And we all just sat around talking about all the things that inspire us. And it was just, it's so lovely to share all of that stuff in between, right? It's in like, like I was just say, like it's not, it's, it's in all the small moments that matter, right? It's like, like sometimes you have these big grandiose things that happen in your life that really anchor. I know one activity I was been working on this year is like really marking the anchor points in my life. I was born here. I had my children. I went to school. I did this. I did that. But then there's like all these small moments in between that aren't the big anchors and the big pillars, but they're the mindful moments that really start to change the trajectory about how we interconnect. Yeah. Right. So it's just so funny. And even I, even through this whole process and doing my training, it's brought up so many like small moments that I, I don't think I would have I would have remembered. But then you start to remember and start to think about all these small moments that I can't barely remember what I you know ate for lunch yesterday. But I can remember the moments that anchored and imprinted themselves in my cells. Like I was talking in my class about mindful listening. And I, I was sharing a story about one of my, like one of my boyfriends and he's now later trained to be a psychologist, which makes a lot of sense for this, what I'm going to tell you. But I remember walking down the street, telling him about something that was really like hurtful to me and really um, hurting me. And I'm having, I was having a hard time with, and he like stopped me and he held my shoulders and he looked me in the eyes. And he's like, this sounds really hard. He's like, let's just like, just tell me about it. But it was like this moment where someone heard me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like people don't often like hold onto your shoulders, like notice that this is a big conversation. This is a big moment and that you are, they, you know, you are needed. Like they're, they, uh, they're there to facilitate like a process for you mm -hmm. to support that and to be heard and to be, um, uh cared for in that way like i still remember that particular moment out of all the other <laughs> moments that I good because it was like it changed like wow 
I feel like I've been seen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, what that, sorry, what that, sorry, what that kind of reminds me of is that in that, in that instance, he honored sort of the flow of your consciousness and that there was a blockage or something in your flow because when you have fear you have an experience that gives you anxiety and you're just stuck in the like if it was that was water it would be those parts of the water where they it goes in little eddies and it just stuck there and it doesn't flow out into the river again so i like that that idea that you know if someone's able to connect in that way and just and be present with a person who's experiencing whatever it is it does help to reconnect to the greater flow of the universe, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's a lot of what I've been experiencing, especially through this course. Like, I mean, it's an, always an evolution, but this idea of like holding space for another, yeah. like, like, I mean, that's always a good coach and a good therapist, right? Like I know my best like coach people that I've had in my life. They're like, I can hear in your voice that you're hurt or, you sound really excited about this. And I'm like, really? I didn't even hear any tone change, but they did, right? So it's like, it's being really uh, in tune and having a moment with someone that you can really um, bounce off of with you. Like you say, this flow of flow of the universe, however it is, but like an interconnectedness, like connection is one of my bigger, you know, life themes. And uh, I think that, yeah, it's really important. I, you know, I'm glad that you used the, the sort of the phrase, you know, in tune, because as both of you are speaking, I'm thinking back to my training as an integrative nutrition health coach and as a spiritual practitioner and, and now it's on to ministry. <clears throat> and even being in a class, um, you know, or in a group of any kind, being in a conversation, even with another person to really, really become aware of, you know, what is it that wants to happen here? And what is it that is evolving and, and showing up and making its way forward in this agreed upon reality that, you know, two, three or more people are sharing. And that being part of that conversation or part of that, you know, unfoldment sometimes just means being present and sometimes just means being present, you know, by companioning or, or just sort of being there, if you will, to allow the energy that is, is this conversation or whatever it is that is happening to unfold. And, and I think I really didn't get that, you know, until practitioner studies when when there were more and more times where I would just actively listen and realize that even though there was something I might want to add to the conversation was it really going to enrich the experience for anyone or was it just me wanting to get in there and and finding myself more and more like it's okay you know and if someone else says it that's okay because it needed to be said and the opportunity came up and, and, and that was okay. But the whole in tune part, it just makes me think back to resonance and vibration and frequency. Like we experienced in that sound bath healing with Phil last Saturday and then music period. I'm, you know, whether it's like a piano string or other strings or tuning forks or, or just when you're oming 
um, like one of my favorite, favorite parts of, of yoga uh, practice with you was the ohm at the end when everybody, and this doesn't happen all the time, but everybody would end up kind of coming in unison together. It, it was, again, with the goosebumps, it was, it was just talk about space in between being expanded just by that vibration of the ohm and and i still value my you know ohm teaching from you because you you have this like full ohm that starts with ah when you do it and like mm, when you're feeling it at the end sort of thing and one of one of my friends from class who is actually going to be a guest uh, in a couple of weeks she's very very particular when she does an ohm and she's like it's a three-part process there's ah oh mm. yeah and feeling that in every part of your your body resonating and vibrating it's just it's extraordinary so so yeah so that whole sort of like in tune and resonance and 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 then all of it of course being the interconnectivity of this incredible energetic flow that is just making its way through you know each and every one of us everyone and everything and to be able to you know kind of resonate at a certain frequency with someone or some ones you know from time to time can just be this extraordinary extraordinary magnificent thing so thank you for that you're welcome and maybe just when you were talking there it made me to think of the aum every part of that that vibration should resonate and start to heal different different parts of like this and pineal gland and like when you really do the ohm at the end, like you can really feel it in your head. Mm -hmm. so that's the idea of that, that vibration, that sound does heal. That was there, that was that one thought just to say that. The other thought just that, just sort of the picture that came up to me is I, I've done less teaching of, of yoga throughout the years. And again, I'm more, more um, diving into the mindfulness practice and, and teaching that, but I have kept this mother and baby, I should say parent and baby yoga class. And um, I just love like <laughs> the oming with the babies because uh -huh. I just find it so fascinating that some will freak out, some will um, try to, if they're old enough, they'll like start to like try to copy you and ohm. And then some will just be like, like, what is that? Like, it's like, they caught on to like dropping into that place. Yeah. I always just say it's the sound at which the universe hums, right? I mean, it's, you know, a different sound coming out of your body, but it's that universal sort of sound. And it's just, it's just interesting. Like how, and I remember, you know, being a new mom and I would just like, I would, I would own until the children stopped crying. And I was, I would like in my head, I'm winning here. And I would like, <laughs> not giving up until you stop. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a mantra. I'm not giving it up until. <laughs> well, I feel like Om has served me very well over over the years, and I always I always use it too in my practice. Is I know when I am in my body, and I I can Om. It's I always just think about it like tuning a musical instrument, mm -hmm. and I know when I'm off, and my nervous system is shot mm -hmm. when it get all the way through and I can hear a cracking in my voice and then I'll do some movement practice and I'll ohm and I'll be like okay I'm back 
you can hear it mm -hmm. like like a you know Gregorian monk rather than like that <laughs> <laughs> was like a chipmunk or something <laughs> so it's, it's also just like functionally this nice sound to okay where am i at hmm. like this real marker of um of sound one other thing that came to me i'm just like well my my i was i've been listening to these um gabor uh, mate is having these um videos on uh the wisdom of trauma and uh he had a, an interview with alanis morissette and they were just talking about music and it was really lovely also because you know ohm to me is the sound and vibration um but they were just talking about like how like not really thinking through to the end how they cut arts and music you know they cut you cut arts and music when you when you do things on zoom but yet you keep you know math and you know on our deathbed we're not going to be doing math equations we're going to be like connecting with arts and music right yeah. they were just like thinking about the longevity of all the in between right like what brings us joy all of those the the vibration that runs through all of those things and yet we cut off those parts of ourselves for the logic are those are those uh gabar mate things are those like uh what was the how what was the setup for that was it like an, a zoom thing first or was it yeah so he had a um uh, a movie that was uh called the wisdom of trauma and it was it was a movie that two people had put together and then a bunch of interviews uh, mm -hmm. come off it. Um, okay. So yeah, so I, I think I purchased them because I was I'm just really interested in I'm right. interested in trauma and bodies. That's another another interest of mine that sort of come up over the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's fascinating. He's a fascinating dude and man. He, he's very intense, but he's also got this uh incredible wisdom vibe going on you know like if you don't know him at all then you know he's kind of world renowned but like not everyone knows who he is obviously yeah. but yeah once you kind of start listening to him he's like oh but there's stuff in there where i, I kind of don't want i'm not ready for it I, or I, i'm not interested in it like you're saying you're really into the trauma thing but mm -hmm. like i know the book i read that sort of um that's where I kind of lay, left off with it was the um, the body keeps the score. I can't remember the author of the book, but that kind of stuff where the it just stays in your body, right? Um, and that I was thinking about that the other day because I was listening to the Tara Brack um, podcast on she did on embodiment, like a two part thing. I'm just on the first one at the moment, but um, it's like there's a lot of just common sense just, be, just like retraining your mind to go back into your body i guess i, I don't know how to explain it but um with the gabor mate stuff it's a, it's a little bit more uh intensive and intense to me so i'm not like i'm not ready to go there but at the same time there's all this other stuff going on at the moment in terms of um you know trauma that stays through generations in in people um and obviously it's going on in canada at the moment because of the find what's being found in residential schools 
you know in, in the west coast here and you know like i work with a bunch of native people and there's days when i just i look around like no one kind of showed up it's like okay fine because obviously they're they or their families are going through some stuff and no one's really asking them questions about it it's just like okay you know i get it nobody it's just it's just happening so the more the people can understand that and and i know eat like i'm from a western background i'm from ireland so um most peoples have had their version of trauma that intergenerationally kind of stays in the body gets passed on to the babies and if it isn't worked out cleaned out and i don't even know how you would say you've done that right except by just feeling wonderful in the present moment and loving and that kind of thing um but yeah it's it's uh i think it's the kind of thing i can go back to and just explore a bit more when i'm ready you know rather than feeling oh, I, I gotta like study this and you know cover it kind of thing and i feel like i feel like the big tea trauma is it sounds like oh my gosh i don't want to go there because i can't handle it right now there's even i had a book right here uh, um, another woman that i've been i've been reading um escaping me but the idea that we all experience trauma right and right. trauma could be that you know, our we weren't heard that could be trauma and then how it was assimilated into our cells then turns into how we start to see the world and how we interact because because that door was closed for us so and and if you sort of even just look at his videos and it's it's all of us like it's whether you want to go there or not but we all we all have minor versions of trauma or a significant trauma that's really hard to unpack because we use all of these you know other devices drugs alcohol um to or whatever that is some addiction to cover it up because it's too painful mm -hmm. to uh, experience or re-experience i i um I, I agree with that i i just think because even being born is traumatic obviously it's mm -hmm. like oh what is this <laughs> you know i signed on for this but i've forgotten that i you know made this appointment right um <laughs> but it's um the other side of it though is like the word there's there's this current thing of language being watered down and changed where you can take a word like trauma or you can say ptsd and people just start casually throwing it around like oh i've got ptsd from this or i, I trauma from this from um you know it doesn't serve you well to say that you know like let's say for me the irish famine is like traumatic to think about for me and then i just gives me an excuse to kind of get dark and like feel very you know brooding and like working through the feelings of like what what happened here and why did it happen the power dynamic whatever like i just think that's that's the wrong rabbit hole to go down <laughs> you know you it so what i'm saying like the the word i don't i don't appreciate right now that the word trauma is or things like that are being um, just casually flung around rather than just taken for what they truly are as sort of, they're not exceptional. Like they're not, um, like you said, everyone's had some form of it, but we also are incredibly resilient and we are able to get through, especially with help of others. 
and uh, teachings of like even just reading poetry sometimes can like trigger things that assist you in getting through uh, a, a blockage or a difficult time, right? So th uh, that's what I want to encourage people to do is just like. I, I, I have the same thing around the word anxiety. Mm. I started noticing about, uh, I would say even 10 years ago, that in clinic, all the intakes had anxiety checked off. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Why does everyone have anxiety? And so I think, you know, there's a clinical diagnosis. It really gets in the way of your everyday life. And then, you know, what I'm, you know, have been exploring more through this mindfulness practice is we all at times have anxious feelings, mm -hmm. right? So our heart, we have heart palpitation. We feel like leaving our body. We can, we have a hard time, you know, breathing and catching our breath. Does that mean we have, we're diagnosed with anxiety? Probably not. I think it's our body's intelligence telling us that there's a situation that you need to listen to. You probably need to stop, create some space for yourself and, and sit and listen and process rather than going to your next thing to create that next layer of stuff you didn't digest it's like food so i think we also in life we don't digest our experiences like we should we just go on to the next one and then it's just sitting there like you know bad licorice or whatever like bad food sitting there and not being able to fully digest life as we as we should yeah yeah thank you yeah yeah you also sort of brought up and what I also love about the mindfulness approach is this idea when you, when you said, you know, um, how we should feel when we're not in trauma, like this ideal goal that like when all of us, you know, if you asked your all parents what they want for their children, that's, we want them to be happy. Right. And so these sort of, we set these, these expectations and goals for ourselves that we should always be happy. And the idea of mindfulness as an approach is that life is hard <laughs> and that there's like this cauldron of soup and we have happiness and we have you know anger and we have jealousy and we have joy and we have all of these things in this pot of soup at any given moment and and if we could just sit there and witness them and not pull them in and then have them take us down the rabbit hole. So I think that's part of the challenge is just can we sit there, observe them, be with them. Um, that that's part of that's part of life. And that is more sort of the point instead of going down the rabbit hole and taking your sorrow and your your grief and um, uh, yeah, again, like going down these dark, dark alleys. Yeah. yeah. So this, this makes me think of, <clears throat> Adrian, as you're talking about sort of the two, like the world of consciousness that I'm immersed in and have been for the last five years, and the science of mind and spirit teachings by Dr. Ernest Holmes, and, and the idea of subjective mind, which is part of the triune nature of consciousness, or God, or spirit, or universal energy, universal mind, whatever you want to call it. Um, where it's the seat of all memory, all thoughts, all ideas, all feelings, 
everything, um, collective consciousness, like everything that is, was, and ever will be is like their house, just like available and waiting. And as we filter sort of our, this, this energetic flow, you know, that we are, that we are allowing to just sort of um, emerge through and as us, as it filters through that, it depends on what it is that we are thinking, what it is that we are believing, whether we are aware of those beliefs consciously or not, as to what that's going to filter and sort of get, you know, stuck, stuck on, or like Glenn was talking about, you know, the eddies before, which I don't quite agree with, but like, I can see like they can become a block. And, and then, you know, because of those blocks, because of those eddies, because of those beliefs, how life ends up, you know, showing up in the end, or if you go quantum and there's this, you know, infinite field of potentiality where everything exists in wave form and according to what we choose and that, that nothing is happening to us, we're the ones constantly choosing and by our choice, which is colored by or qualified by the lens, um, you know, our worldview, our thoughts, our beliefs, our tendency of thought, then what we, that wave of possibility that we choose immediately becomes our life experience. So from wave to particle, um, that, that we're always, always, always choosing. And that even though, you know, they're all, and, and so the good, the bad, you know, the sweet, the sour, you know, everything in between, it's all there for the taking you get to decide what it is that you're going to latch onto or filter through or bring into the present moment now the thing for me that is really interesting now and this has really just kind of come up for me in the last few months because of some of the people that have been in my advanced consciousness studies class is is for me my absolute favorite spiritual principle that that just blew my mind wide open when I was in my very first class with Reverend Jonathan Zenz at the Center for Spiritual Living Toronto five years ago was Thomas Troward's principle is not bound by precedent. And we've talked about this before on this show, but principle is who and what we are at our core. It's that universal energy. It is consciousness, spirit, soul, God, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's the allness of being and underneath everything that is going on, all of our experiences, all of our feelings, all of our emotions, thoughts, beliefs, that essence is who and what we are and precedent is something that happened and so principle is not bound by precedent means that there is absolutely nothing that could have ever happened and happened means it happened in the past not that it's happening right now that could ever change who and what you are at your core but then as we've gone into this quantum uh realm there's no time there's no space everything is possible right here right now everything is happening simultaneously you know infinite realities and you just you can like leap from one to the other kind of thing if you know if as you desire so nothing that could has ever happened nothing that could ever happen can ever change who you truly are that infinite potentiality that you are however i find it fascinating especially being in class with people who do work with past lives and fragmented souls and and multi you know other parallel universe or dimensions um or even alien or or like stuff that that is like so 
has not been on my radar and that I just haven't even been interested enough to kind of go, hmm, tell me more. And so now I'm very curious. And even this morning, I listened to a meditation um, by one of my favorite YouTube <clears throat> mindfulness and meditation guys, Kenneth Swash, who has a few different streams of, of mindfulness and, and meditations, and he does some live stuff too. And I've been listening to more or less the same one um, for the last several months because it just feels amazing. And is sure. just, that's the one, I, yeah. I, I will. Um, but this one today, I, I, it was just done three months ago. And so I tuned into a different one. And this was more of a journey and it was about 45 minutes long. And there was stuff that he talked about. I don't even know what these things or entities or energies are, but, but his voice is very soothing. He, I think that he and his brother do the music uh, for, for their stuff. And a lot of it is, it, it just like, it's, it's very bassy resonant. There are ohms that come in there that are just like, you know, mm. And, and so this story and this journey that I was taken on that took me into, I can't even remember most of it, but like into another dimension and, and to basically the idea was to like bring fragments of my soul that had been gotten stuck, you know, elsewhere because of some kind of trauma or experience. And the idea was to like reconnect with those fragments and, and become whole once again. But there were like pillars of different kinds of light, you know, different elements of, of the land as we, as we, as we understand it. Um, the staircase there were, and there were like these energetic bodies that he identified with, with words and names and stuff, which, for some people, maybe, you know, it's, they get it, it's, it's par for the course, but it was so new to me, but the experience was just so neat. And I'm like, I want, I want to find out more about this because it's, it's, it's new and being immersed in the studies that I'm immersed in and doing the work that I do with people to, to shift from identifying with, 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 you know, old thoughts, beliefs, and feelings that have been running the show, you know, with worry and overwhelm and anxiety and fear and anger and pain to realizing those are and not to trivialize anything, but those are just thoughts. Those are just feelings. Those aren't who and what you are. You are so much more infinitely powerful, creative, and resilient than all of that put together. And so there's nothing that could ever diminish or water down or dilute who and what you are at your core. So to shift from identifying with that to, I am this infinite potentiality, I can do and be anything, regardless of, you know, if I'm feeling happy, sad, angry, fearful, you know, overwhelmed, anxious, whatever. Cause like you said, it's all part and parcel of it. And we get to choose, you know, are we, are we going to sort of you know, sit and allow and be aware, or are we going to like, let them take over us? And even then it's not like, at least I believe it's not anything outside of us that is taking over us. It's just us choosing to identify with something and focus our attention and energy on something. And then based on that attention, our life shows up the way it does, or we're creating our life the way, you know, we end up experiencing it. But yeah, this whole idea of past lives and past trauma and other dimensions and things that I know like this much about people who have gone back, you know, to the moment of 
their birth and you know are experiencing like it's it's really becoming more and more fascinating for me i mean all of the work is fascinating and i would say you know in my earlier years in going through any sort of spiritual enlightenment like i've always been a, a seeker in heart and this is why i feel like i've done so many trainings because i'm just like i just want to know it all like, <laughs> all like avenues i want to go down all roads and i did work with someone i did my reiki training initially was the first sort of foray into you know just just touching i'm not even touching bodies because you're about the body but but I, I connected with a woman who was a, a you know past life regression um, therapist, and I worked with her for a bit. So, you know, this is why I think that you know sometimes I ask myself a bunch of different questions, like what is your greatest fear? I'm like drowning. I'm like this is why I think I'm afraid of you know water at its core. It's because I've 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 drowned in the past life. So I, I think there's a thing there. Like I think there's things, and when you you know when I've done work with her, I'm like, am I just making stuff up? like did I just where did that come from and she's like oh that's inside you we like did some work and you and I was like no I think I was just making it up she goes why would you make it up and I'm like I don't know that's what it feels like it feels yeah. like you're making it up but I it makes sense like when you start to kind of dig into some of these 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 places that um it makes sense to me in my life now why certain people are there or why I attract certain people or why I'm afraid of certain things from a, like a really deep dark rooted that I can't even explain mm -hmm. and why there's like almost this cascade of events like around water for me it's always been like oh my god like all these things have happened like little you know I'm gonna call them traumatic events like I almost <laughs> one of my first times that I travel with my husband he's like a scuba diving instructor and I said we went to Vancouver for the first time for a friend's wedding and and I was like cool come and collect that had my had my um certification he's like you want to go you know want to go diving in the ocean and I had only gone to Jamaica like really bright light you know like colorful fish <laughs> and he takes me on a dive to the ocean and I'm not comfortable in water, first of all. Like, uh, fun fish versus a big body of water is a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. I start to panic and start to feel like water seeping into my regulator. I'm like down. Mm. Like, I, I start like pulling on him. He can hardly see me because we're in the dark. So there's like yeah. flashes of light. And um, I, I finally like come to the surface. I'm like coughing up blood. Like, we go to the hospital and my husband's like this i think we've been dating for like three months but he's like i love you because because i thought he was going to kill me and have yeah. to so i was like <laughs> so i'm like water so all that to say <laughs> past lives all these water things just start following me but there's like, again, I think there's something to it. And I haven't been there in a really long time. And I know, you know, even through my mindfulness training, we had a, we had a, had um, a mentor group and one of the gentlemen there, he was also, um, you know, talked a lot about past lives and, you know, would tell us who he was in his past lives. So I, you know, I think I don't, I don't spend a lot of my time there, but mm -hmm. it's an opening, right? It's an opening. I believe in it. I, I, I think I was somewhere else before and, and that, that informs where I am now. 
Um, yeah. And you did talk about, like you, you were also just talking about like what sort of came up for me to, um, and again, it might sort of, it might be going down a little bit of a different path, but I think what I've really been loving with the mindfulness work for me is the idea of that listening to the body rather than the cognitive mind because it can trick us and not always be right and like you say our thoughts are not always our thoughts sometimes sometimes our thoughts are our mother's thoughts Mm -hmm. sometimes our thoughts are something a teacher said to you sometimes like you know it's something that somebody said to you in the past that has really stayed with you and then becomes part of your belief so we know we can't trust our thoughts and then I probably about five years now had a concussion, have experienced like multiple small concussions after that. And I also just realized I can't trust my brain all the time. You know, like it, it doesn't always work the way I want it to, Yep. but I can trust my insides. Yeah. Like I can trust my heart. I can, I can pay attention to what my body's telling me. Um, so I think there's like this idea of, your body and and there's you know work also to say this that that you you have a physiological body response before you actually have a thought so to actually trust the body before you trust your brain is probably a better idea anyway so this idea of mindfulness and scanning the body and embodiment like all of these these ideas of that i've been you know incorporating and again started in yoga but it, like a formal training of mindfulness has really, you know, really entrenched how important and why I feel like I do what I do as a chiropractor. Like it all starts to bring it all full circle. Because to me, if you can't live in your body, like it's, a, it's really challenging to not have that body, like spirit, brain, you know, wonderful connection happening. Like if you, you can't cut yourself off from that body part. You know, it's, it's yeah, sorry. There was one other thing that I was just okay. remembering because I was teaching a class. <laughs> this one woman, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying, and I'm not going to share her name, but she was sitting there and she was like, we were doing a body scan and she's like, and I, you know, I asked for people to share and she, I'm laughing because she's like, it's okay. She goes, I'm having like this radiation from my heart down my arm, you know, to my fingers, which I have never noticed before, before you actually saying, she goes, I'm not having a heart attack, I swear. But it's like, what are these modes? Like, how did you not notice that was not, like happening until wow. you just like you sit with yourself and you just do a body scan and you notice that you have this pain in your heart that's radiating down to your arm that you hadn't noticed all day. Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, to me, I'm like, I don't understand. Because I, I guess because I work with bodies all day and I'm always asking people, check in. Where, where's the body at that's always my question where's your body at tell me your body story like, what does it want to tell me today and that's what i love saying to children what is your body what is your body saying to you today what does it want to tell me no like oh the wisdom of before, the body before lassia jumps in there because i know she's got something yeah. it reminds me of my <laughs> my brother-in-law get from in there du- <laughs> my brother-in-law from dublin he uh he i guess it's an expression there he just he asked people, how's, how's the body? You know, that's like, how are you for him? How's the body? I like that. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Is it, Somebody actually. 
it's like what how is your how are you responding to life first i don't know how to explain yeah, no, it it's a, yeah. good, it's a good like it's like a i i yeah. love that yeah it's almost like well how are you supposed to was was i think intentionally met intended to mean how's your constitution right wasn't that right. the original of how are you like it was meant to say how's your digestive system going yeah. <laughs> so you know when you say how's your body for, for me that goes directly back to consciousness you know how how is your body of consciousness and and there are several bodies of consciousness you know like there's the the physical the spiritual the emotional the the mental the super mental and so you know all of that sort of together i mean you know how is it and is it in balance is it in tune um, but you know, how would you explain? So if you were, if you were asking that to someone as just a check-in, like, I think for people, and, and maybe I just throw that out there back to you. If you were to scan where, how are you in this moment and use that paradigm, like what, where, how do you, how are you right now? Are you asking me, how am I right now? I, well, <laughs> very much enjoying this conversation i can tell you that it, more aware more aware than before and 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 more aware it means more conscious more present more what does, what does that mean like where do you how do you how are you taking that in that i'm not thinking about other stuff I'm focusing on right here, right now, and flipping back and forth, honestly, between answering you, thinking about your question, and then also being aware of how my body is feeling, how my energy level is, clarity of mind. How am I feeling, I guess, sort of um, emotionally, you know, am I calm? Am I anxious? Do I have, do I have, uh, you know, any kind of like, pit in my stomach or scratchiness in my throat. Um, one of the things that I realized that as we record the podcast is, I mean, I do drink almost the entire time so that I can keep my throat lubricated, but I, I do also have, and this is a neat, you know, cause it's a speaking and being heard and being seen um, thing that I continually am clearing my throat. So I'm, I'm muting myself a lot as I'm clearing my throat. So you don't hear <clears throat> throughout the show, but yeah, on, on, all these different levels just kind of checking almost like sort of like driving a car um you know but when you're driving a car you're doing all these you know like you know this mirror check this mirror this mirror looking in front of you you know kind of like what's going on behind you being aware of everything that's going on but not really necessarily focusing a hundred percent on any one thing at any given time but i feel like having the opportunity to be able to focus to to be able to be very present and grounded in this moment right here right now and what is making up that moment in terms of how does my physical body feel how does my mind feel how do i feel emotionally how connected and anchored do i feel in the energetic flow that is the universe knowing that that's who and what i am and how you know interconnected do i feel with everything going on around me so there are times when exercise just what's right that now? 
Can I take you through a little exercise? Oh, yes, sure. It's, it's really simple, but it's, you know, just sort of encapsulates what we're sort of talking about and what I love and people when I teach the class are like, I use this all the time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Two and the one is a little bit more difficult because it's like smell and taste and you might not have anything. But just sitting and, and I usually say we'll do it slowly, but then whenever you're trying to ground yourself in a space, you could, I, I, I use the other word, five, four, three, two, one, synonymous with expansive awareness. So you're going to anchor yourself in your space. And that could mean, you know, sit bones, sitting, like sitting upright so your body doesn't feel rigid, but, but aware. And you're going to pay attention to five things that you see, not logical processing, just black car, blue sky, green tree. So five things you see, just name them. Don't go down a rabbit hole. Four things that you feel. So try inside and outside. Outside, sit bones, hands on knees, heartbeat, whatever. Three things you hear. Three things you smell. And then you might just want to, on the taste, just like do a little swallow. So I love that one because it automatically tunes you in. We take input in through our five senses. It's one of the major ways our nervous system regulates and takes in information. And some of us can be stronger in one, more one sense than the other, but it has a really lovely way of just like, oh, I'm here and I'm a sensory being. And it has a nice way, there's a part of mindfulness that's external, like we take in external information and we can create mindfulness from like doing dishes and slowing down our movements. But mindfulness is also listening to our interoceptive communication. Like our stomach has a voice, Our, our throat has a voice, our heart has a voice. So what, what are they saying to us as well? So that's part of like, it's a really nice, lovely way just to go, okay, I'm here. And I think when you were talking about Lesia, like the, you know, connecting into the the universe, often, if you are not connected into yourself first, I, I think for people, when you are trying to even introduce this concept to them to be present, it's really hard to connect to something that's bigger if you haven't yet find the, 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 the micro part of that within you Mm. right because whatever is out there is here yeah right so i think finding that place and grounding into the 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 safety and the wholeness within allows people to then go oh okay i can connect to this bigger part or what i like to say zoom in and then zoom out but universe sounds really big and sometimes really scary yeah a lot of people especially if, you know, after this year, like I'm actually going after this to, um, we've met 
and the, the girls are now 14 and, and they're, you know, um, we've met every month since they've been eight, like COVID's been hard and tried to do Zoom, but now we're doing, you know, meeting outside. And there's some of the girls that are actually scared to leave their house, mm. right? It's been a really, a really tough year. So, you know, just like, again, like the world can sometimes be really scary after COVID. We were all scared of each other. We were scared of hugging each other. We were scared of like breathing close to each other. So now it's, um, I think, finding that safety within first, like close, and then like titrating out to this place that, okay, now I can, I can trust it again. Mm-hmm. It actually takes some time for some people. Yeah, that's a great exercise. Um, it, it reminds me of when I did um, uh, a meditation course through Mind Valley with Emily Fletcher, and she goes through um, the five different things, the the senses that, that you just talked about. But it's like, what what do you what is the thing that you're aware of most, and then what is the thing that you're aware of least in in each one, back and forth. And then it also reminded me of. Um, something else which i'm forgetting right now but uh but i wanted to ask is it always is the five four three two one always in you know like is it see feel hear smell taste or do you sometimes mix it up i would say sometimes i'll just do because the the two and the one are you know not as powerful i would yeah. say usually i'll just do five four three and it honestly it doesn't matter yeah. like it doesn't matter it's really about uh grounding into a sensory experience you could create any variable of that what you want. You could do three, three, three. But I find, I find the seeing, touching, uh, hearing—they're really powerful to just like. And I remember my husband and I did this, uh, did this course. This is years ago before we were married, and it was like, uh, it was a, it was a Tom Brown. You heard of Tom Brown? No. All these, he's uh, all these, these like. Um, on uh tracking like he's actually like known for tracking but his uh like in the wilderness in the wilderness to the wilderness sort of thing yeah 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 yeah. we went to he has a he had a like a week-long course in upper new york state and um and when you track you are like an animal right so you're so basically you go they're not thinking they're not going through this frontal cortex process they're just like expansive awareness. So you're like wide angle vision, like not like computer vision, Yeah. wide angle vision. This is why our brains like wide open spaces because we can go here, we can see all of it. Um, and then, uh, uh, and just like, again, like, like he got us to walk so slow, like a, a step a minute. So you were like, like, you know, if you're tracking, you can't let anyone or any, any other thing try to get you or like hear you. So you're walking so slow and you're like, you're listening to the bird because the bird calls and then that there's like a rustling sound after that. There's like this, you know, like there's a consequence to the bird making the sound. So there's like, like, okay, I'm at one with nature. trying to catch a deer we didn't catch a deer but (laughs) but the idea of tracking is the same sort of thing it's like like when i'm talking with mindfulness a lot i'm like pretend you're a dog like they're really happy go lucky they're not thinking a whole lot and they're totally sensory (laughs) 
they just want they just want to they just want to hang out be loved be in their bodies have some good strokes you know like that that's you know that's the essence of mindfulness be a dog yeah we have a cat who who yeah, teaches that, us about mindfulness all the time also the best <laughs> mindfulness teachers <laughs> i'm like oh to be a cat that was also one of the questions i was like to come back in a next life cat or dog for sure <laughs> one in a home though not yeah. one in a rescue one in a really loved home yeah caveats <laughs> yeah well the other um i'm gonna put a twist on that thing because yeah. I, I don't like you've mentioned past lives a few times because of the people you've trained with and what you've what you've become aware of and how you've integrated those <clears throat> things it, to some degree or another into your outlook i guess on uh, you know how we are all connected kind of thing um and part partly this is supported by the stuff that last is going through right now with her um consciousness studies and um the paul levy book uh yeah our, our buddy paul uh yeah our buddy paul quantum quantum revelation it, it's sort of like the, the part of that that is amazing because it supports other stuff i study and understand is the idea of you know there's no time there's just there's just now and then the, so linear time is is a construct that helps us process experience so of course we shortcut that in terms of like well we have I, if I believe in other lives, I've had past lives and I'm here in this one and then I'll have future lives. But really, they're not. They're all one. They're all happening at once. So they're actually all available for both uh, tapping into experiences that each incarnation has had within their incarnation and their which we'll say our because really it's we're all in it together like the soul has many incarnations so we're available to flow back and forth information and experience and and you know exploring potential um and overcoming things like you're saying about the water thing i have a bit of a water not totally phobic but i don't like it generally I, i'm not thrilled about being in water that much so I probably have some kind of similar um, explanation as to why that is, because some part of me, the greater I am, is is uh, still processing or is not happy about that idea being brought into consciousness, <laughs> conscious awareness. Um, but we also, you know, we can go back and forth in our own lives and kind of um like when you're saying being super present in in the in the um environment and being part of nature um if you're able to like sh if you know that you're deeply feeling just one then you can kind of share that out with your your um younger self as you are now and your other selves you know your other 
incarnations and just send out the love and the kind of it's it's all it's all good in terms of it's um we're safe you know i'm safe we're safe and i think it's i think it's kind of worth like it is worth sharing in that way you know because you because it does the energy does go somewhere and is received and is then shared out again i think you know um and i know we can do a lot in a lot more immediate ways with things like just being in nature um like my you know my one part of part of my preferred experience during the day is just taking my shoes and socks off and standing or having my feet in the ground and grounding right and just earthing so that's a version of that and it's but there's like you can go way deeper obviously and be like in water if you love that or in the in in, in the, the woods um or just float away and you know do it in your mind if you want but um i i just anyway i know i'm i'm nitpicking in terms of the past lives thing but i, I just think it's a it's a, Honestly, like I would say in terms of my, I only brought it up because Lesia and I wanted to acknowledge it. And as part of my life now, how much I think about it is like less than 1% in terms of, mm -hmm. I feel like I was there at one point in my life and I thought it was interesting and I incorporated it and I just sort of like slotted into a place and really like it's not part of what I think about anymore, but just part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and I would love to say like what you just said about, about nature is like she is a lovely container right mm -hmm. she is a lovely you know container for all of us and she takes care of us and I, I do think and what has been challenging during this time is you know in Toronto and a lot of big cities people have not had a backyard and people live in high-rises and people do not have skills to go inside themselves and um you know visualize or because they haven't been they haven't Nobody's holding their hand along the way to say, you can go here and this place is safe because it's been a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. So it, it's yeah. a tough year, right? So I think just part of like why I love, again, the stuff that, that I've done is, is it, it like even with people have, who have done yoga and meditation before in the classes that I've been teaching, they're like, oh, I've never been taught this way before. Like, thank you. And it's like, you can even listen to a, you know, a podcast or listen to a, you know, like a visualization, but sometimes to have it wrapped up in hearing about people's experiences, sharing, a sharing dialogue is very therapeutic and very processing like we're doing now, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think if you sit down and you listen to a visualization by yourself for 10 minutes, yeah, it's going to do something, but actually like going through a process and then sharing with other people that's when the learning happens. That's what I noticed for myself during yeah. my training is that the interaction and the dynamic between the watercolor talk that people have been missing all, you know, for the you know, last year and a half during COVID, that's when creative creativity flows and, and you know, all of this beautiful magic starts to happen between people. Because we need each other. Yeah. Oh, you're frozen again. Right? Um and so, so I think um, you said brown and I leave because they were like, stay, in, stay indoors, don't go anywhere, don't leave your house. And it's, it's uh, people are suffering now because of it. It, well, that, that's the, th this is one of my um, challenges right now is in, 
I believe in forgiveness in terms of like let just acknowledging this is what's happening just it's part of me right but even the description of what's been happening as like we're all part of the consciousness that brought it about I accept that totally um, I don't like the story that it's we're all uh, enduring or going through COVID it's not really COVID to me the story would be the resp the COVID response the response that governments that set the parameters and like the rules around what may be done and what may not be done and when um, that's that's an opportunistic um, that that's something that was immediately jumped on by I think certain mindsets of government bureaucrat type people um, to basically do some uh, power games or whatever because you know as as the data comes in it's like you know the masks and and the distancing and the lockdowns especially it's like it's really it's not appropriate this whole thing has handled over the years and yet we've all still suffered in our own ways and i think from even province to province and country to country we've all experienced this this differently and i feel like ontario we were hit like so hard because we've been in lockdown we're in lockdown for a very long time maybe you know uh, at I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when you look at it five years from now if that will be a good thing or a bad thing. I think uh, um, again, um, emotionally and mental health has it has not been great for us. And yes, I I I understand what you mean from a top end perspective. And I'm always thinking about it like, what is the word on the street? Because this is what I like. I this whole time I've been practicing and I've been able to touch people like since basically two months in. People have been in their homes, but I've been touching people the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I can feel trauma in bodies. People that I've been treating for years and I haven't seen in two months because, you know, they haven't been able to come in and I'd be like, what happened to you? Like, you okay? They're like, no, I'm not okay. So I feel like I've had the privilege of like word on the street, like, even even deeper than therapy in some ways because therapy even talk therapy has gone on zoom and that like there's something about being in someone else's space that also magic happens and so i've had the again that's this really uh, wonderful perspective that i i tangibly feel the crap in people's bodies that has built, been building over this time so i think when i just when i when i say yes government we could talk about that um, and how it was all handled and, and how I'm sure, again, like all the debauchery that's gone well, on behind the scenes. But no. I think how it's affected us, affected us on the, you know, day to day world. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to go down the political uh, road, but but I, I even that word govern, like the idea of. First, for many people, it is uncomfortable to even have the idea of governing oneself, like to who governs me who like who oversees what i you know what what my choices are i guess right because if you take all of this experience out of it if you go back three years even and you if you're getting a sense of a person who they are a lot of people they don't know what to do or what they want and that that yeah. is then how this kind of thing manifests is like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I want. 
oh well someone something else will come along that will test you test out those statements or those beliefs right that like we sit down every Sunday as my uh, family and we have like a family statement like a you know these are our values and we sit down and we repeat it and we say what what supported these values like what did we do this week mm. um to help others and what do we do to like you know support our friends and our family and um during the last lockdown like I thought my son was going to have a little ment mental breakdown because he's like Mr like I need to be in your space. Like I need attention and I, but I love the camaraderie. I love the back and forth. So he came back from whatever, a month in school and he like bounded in the door and he's like, hi, mama Sita. He was like this. And I was like, oh my God, my son is back. Like I had not seen wow. him this. Like he was basically like an 80 year old man on the couch, you know, like drinking, honestly, 80 year old man on the couch drinking couch on his a cat on his lap and a big you know blanket and i was like you're 80 and uh so i saw him you know and he's like guess what he goes it's sinking in he goes all the stuff i've learned the last couple months it clicked this week and i was like what good so amazing because he just needed to be he needed to do this with the teacher and talk to him and not be one small little thing on a on a screen and then you know like a month later they you know didn't go back again so i mean what he learned I do not know and more my point with all of this was this idea of values is that I was running with since lockdown we were like this we were just going to run this whole time together but every time they had a new announcement we had to like call each other and almost like sign a new contract so they were like don't go out with anyone other than your family and I'd be like how do we feel about this like I'm in healthcare. She works for public health in like tracing COVID. We're pretty responsible people, but yet, and we like to think we're rule followers. <laughs> so even with these two parts of ourselves, we felt like, oh my God. And she's like, what is your biggest fear? And I'm like, I don't know to yell at me telling me I'm doing something wrong and I'm hurt her $100 ticket like that doesn't bother me it was more about I I don't want to I don't want other people to think that I'm doing something wrong and like start yelling at me so I, I don't want to be confronted negatively was my biggest fear and uh, mm. um anyway so but then I I, we, I had to sit down and like with all the people that that were in my circles we had to sign a new contract to say as long as we're doing this safely I'm still okay to meet with you despite what the governance and what is they're telling us to do and I said that to my kids I was like I know this is hard I know what they're telling you to do and if you come home with an $800 ticket I will support you and I'll pay for it so like you know like I mean the governance is top down telling you and you know you know you know setting the rules but yet we had to sit down with our own family values and say I'm, I'm not okay with this part because we're all kind of falling apart a little bit so yeah mm, okay i think that's amazing i i love that you just brought all of that up and brought it down to values um because just from my experience and my experience as you know friend and wife and roommate to glenn and then milana our daughter um the last year and a half it would it just like it was all over the map and and for me what sort of started as 
you know, I'm in consciousness studies. I am bigger than anything than what's going on here. So that like for the first month or so, I was like, I got this, I got this, I got this. But then as the rules kept changing, as as policies turned into mandates, as where I worked became an unworkable environment because it was it was in retail. So there were people coming through the door constantly. The, the gamut of opinions and criticisms and judgments and, you know, it's a big hoax to we're all going to die to, you know, people coming in hazmat suits and others. It's like I'm immune to having employers who at the beginning were like, you know, it doesn't matter. We all know each other anyway. So like we're all safe um, to now being like on the other side of the spectrum. Um, it, it just it became so hard and and so and it it really i i felt myself get sucked into it and after a couple of months it was just like you know what i cannot be here it's it's i feel like i am physically and mentally and emotionally unraveling because i don't know how to wake up in the morning and go and do my job which is no longer the same job that i signed up for 2 years ago when i started working at this place because it's more about managing people's emotions and fears and anxiety and being a bouncer at the door cuz we can only have so many people in at a time um you know, and then there's, you know, the people that I was working with and everybody being, you know, at their own level, you know, their own comfort level or whatever, but then also coming home and, and having conversations, heated conversations sometimes with Glenn, um, and then having a kid who was, you know, home away from school after having been home away from school because of a teacher strike that lasted six weeks or whatever it was. And then COVID, you know, shut down the school. It was, it really, 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 you know, over the course of the year, you know, and lots of mindfulness, so much meditation, extra prayer partners, and like just extra, 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 extra after I left my job and chiropractic appointments galore, um, which ended up, you know, getting me a job, you know, working at the clinic, which I believe has been one of the the things that has saved me and and my family through the you know this in, entire thing like especially over the last few months because there has been this opportunity to to care for the body for the soul to release the interference that you know is getting in the way with the immune system actually working and 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 changing from or just, just Oh, I don't, I don't know what, but, but, but it's changed, you know, like the way that, that I think about COVID and, or the COVID response, the COVID experience has changed over, over, you know, this last year from what it was to what it felt like, you know, what was the impetus for me to leave and what do I want to put my energy on? It's not this, um, to how I dealt with it to kind of like put myself back together again from feeling completely torn apart um, from, you know, yes, there are these rules and, and, you know, I like sort of like you just said, like I consider myself as someone who follows the rules and I'm okay with following the rules, but then getting to the point where this isn't making sense sort of on just a, a moral or ethical level. And, and I, as someone who has not, who has chosen not to get the vaccine because I don't think I need it. Um, 
am now starting to feel like I'm in a minority, which may or may not be the case because statistics haven't, you know, and the facts haven't, it, it's unclear as to what the facts are these days because it's getting harder and harder and harder to find an opposing view that is, you know, staying up on any kind of social media platform of like the big regular ones. Um, but to feel like who's in charge of me, who's in charge of my body, who's in charge of my life, who's in charge of my life experience. And ultimately, when it boils down to it, even though I live in a family, in a community, in a city, in a society, blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, when it boils down to it, it's me. And I don't like being told that, you know, if I don't get a vaccine, then I'm doing something wrong, you know, in terms of I'm being irresponsible. I'm thinking for those people who have gotten their vaccines, great, clearly you got it because you think it's going to protect you. So you're protected. I don't have to get mine in order for yours to work. And, and people who have gotten them can be just as much carriers as people who have not gotten them. And ultimately, I choose to believe that, that my immune system is strong, that I am supported, and that if I did get it, which frankly, I think I did before it became, you know, public enemy number one, that it would be like, you know, I would go through it, I would go through it, my immune system would do its work, and maybe it would suck, maybe it'd be hard, maybe it'd last a couple of days, who knows, but I would rather take that risk and have that experience, than go the other route. And to be made, you know, to, to sort of, I mean, ultimately, I choose the way I feel, but to, you know, not be told, like, I can't travel, I can't fly on an airline, I like, I, I may end up being, you know, held hostage, imprisoned on this island that I've chosen to live on because I didn't get a couple of shots. What? So that's kind of where I'm at now. And it's a, it's a very interesting place to be, especially because of the studies that I'm immersed in. Um, and knowing that most of the people I know in the spiritual communities that I am immersed in have chosen to go the vaccination route. And, and there is this notion of, you know, it's, it's here anyway, I think July 1st, the masks become a per, re recommended uh, rather than mandatory. And there are lots of people I know, which is like, as soon as it changes to recommended, psh, off they come. Whereas yeah. others are just like, oh, I don't know. Like, are you sure? Could, you know, like they're even wearing doubles or whatever. Anyway, this is going a little bit down, down the rabbit hole. And, but, but ultimately it's like, who's in charge of me? What, you know, where am I creating life from? And I really want to continue to focus on creating life from, um, and as that infinite expansive universe, you know, for my best and highest, for the most extraordinary life experience that is mine to have. And, and to take from experiences like the COVID response and the unfoldment. And it's like, okay, what is mine to learn here? What is mine to embrace? And what is mine to say, thank you, I'm choosing to focus on this instead. Yeah, and I, I completely, uh, you and I feel like the I think we all deserve sorry it says unstable um it we all deserve our own right to make that decision for ourselves I totally totally believe that we were just at a we um were getting our vaccines at Nathan Phillips Square and had a lot of people who were protesters and it was very difficult because I 
you know, despite what you think, as I've, you know, been up and down in terms of vaccinations through even the life of my children mm-hmm. and, and tell me that I shouldn't be doing certain things with my children and calling me certain things was also very challenging because I'm like, if you have your path, it's your path. Yeah. Your path is not my path or my path. And, and so can we all just decide what, what feels best for us on this path? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the beginning, I'm, I was always like, I, I just want, I don't want things going in my body that I don't know what they are. And I want them to be studied really well. And um, in the end, I, I had to find peace for myself within it as well, because it's not sort of my favorite place to go. Um, but it took a lot of inner guidance to ask yeah. myself, what am I afraid of? And I read a lot of, you know, stuff and did a lot of work, meditation work with it to figure out my piece around it as well. But it took, you know, like, but to also know that I have the skills and to invite people to have those skills to actually have that exercise and actually ask yourself and do the inner work to figure out where that sits with you. And what are the implications? For me, it felt really important as a healthcare provider and in the role that I have to, to have it for me personally. Um, but it's like, again, it's a choice, it's a mm-hmm. choice. I think that everyone is allowed that choice and that's sort of, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Honey, when you muted yourself. I was rustling paper. Sorry, I just didn't oh. want to. <laughs> didn't want to get too loud there. Shuffling cards. Um, yeah, okay. Did you want to say anything, Glenn? No, no, I'm good. Okay, so one of the things that you do as work and as part of your life experience and the way you are of support to people in the world is being a doula. I would love for you to talk a little bit about what the, <laughs> what being a doula is like for you. Well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, again, COVID's changed it a little bit, and it, I'm not not doing it as much. I used to do like a birth a month, and now since um, I'm not able to be at hospital births, so I'm at birth center births and home births currently. Um, it is honestly one of my biggest life joys. And I, I feel like every time I'm at a um, birth, I've I'm just, I'm trying to even put it into words. Like it's the biggest way that I connect into the universe. Like to me, when you are at the most raw, authentic, genuine moment in people's lives where there is no there's no facade there's no facade of people like i'm i'm at like i'm the person at the party that if i can't have like how are you feeling conversation i don't want to be there you know like i really just need to get to the heart of everything rather than i don't want to talk about the weather or what's happening with j-lo like i really just need to know like what are you what are you all about tell me all about yourself yeah. No. And so that is birth to me. Mm-hmm. And then I get to be almost like this Sherpa, like of sorts, maybe not carrying bags, but like to a family to help usher them into this new unit that they're, they've, they've created. This new family has just come together. And how can I be the best servant of sorts to serve it in a, you know, supportive way to um, usher them into in, in this, like, 
authentic. Oh, I um, almost caught you. Okay, yep. And I feel like so my language is different. Like I, I, there was this one birth that I was at and I was like, I was saying to her, can you just, because she, <laughs> she said to me after, she was like, I remember you whispering in my ear, can you just be a body? Because, you, you know, when fear comes from, she's like, she's like, I can't. And I'm like, just be a body. Stop if you want to say anything. And then she's like, and then she said, after she goes, that was so helpful. She goes, I was just being a body. I'm not thinking about it. It's not thinking because your fear comes from, oh my God, I got to push a baby out. <laughs> right? It's the, it's the going two steps ahead. And I'm like, be a body here right now you're here with us you're safe everything's okay like just going through all of the like you're here everything's going exactly as planned everyone's here your husband's here i'm here midwife's here you're in water my body pushing the baby out <laughs> oh it's like so good so all of those just like i don't think i used it as much or i'm more cognizant of how i use it in which is really grounding and loving and I and I feel like I also you know there was there was a birth that I was at sometimes I'm like I don't know what I I don't know how helpful I was in that situation and then after the mom will be like oh my god that was everything and I was like, <laughs> and I remember I all I did was basically held her head like I held her head and I was doing some cranio on her and I was like holding her head. she goes you holding my head was like was like the best thing ever and I was like I, I, I barely said anything and it's just, it's, and it's presence. Yeah. Right? Mm. It's almost like that idea of people want presence, P E R E and P S. They want your presence. Mm -hmm. Like children, they want your presence. Yeah. Mamas just want your presence. Well, we had a yeah. doula for. And, and when you have that ground. Yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. No, sorry. Cause you froze a bit. And so I, okay. Okay. So anyway, okay. I'll go. Um, we had, we had a village for Milana and we just, we loved every, everyone in it. And, and so we did have a doula who worked with us for months, supported us, uh, for months, uh, before the birth and then for a little bit afterwards. And she was also a chiropractor. She was, she was my first introduction to chiropractic okay. and then there was you. And, um, and so she, she did network. So there was no, no bone cracking or crunching or anything like that. And, and I remember when I was pregnant and, and she's just, just lay down on the table and I'm like, and she just did these flicks and I'm like, what the hell? And then I got up and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what just happened? Um, it's very different from the best work that the chiropractor that I work for now, the bioenergetic synchronization technique is, where there is more talking and there is, you know, thinking of recurring thoughts and, and chief complaints and, um, you know, bit of, bit of not dialogue necessarily, but there is, there is speaking involved. Um, but having her as a doula, and having having this village where everyone had a job not only was it amazing for me to just be fully supported like that but it also meant that glenn could just be the expecting father 
you know, that's it. That was his only role to, was just to be the dad to the mom that was, you know, working with this baby that was making its way out. And to have, you know, we had, we ended up having three midwives because there was a student, the backup and the main and the doula and our naturopath and my mom was there. And it was just such an extraordinary experience. And every now and then it's usually when we move and I'm packing and unpacking boxes, I come across the drawing that I did. I think it was the first time that we met with Marissa Honeybunch. I don't know if you remember, but we sat in our living room and she asked us to draw how we felt about you know, just, just like in the moment. And for me, I drew this like with crayons, this like super cute bulbous round, you know, body with a little head. It was like a stick figure almost, but my hair was long and it was like tied up on top and it was purple and pink at the time. And just this, like this, you know, little universe with a, with a baby inside the circle and there were stars and it was just like so happy and amazing and joyful. And every time I come across this sheet, this picture, it just makes me so happy because it it just I loved that experience. I mean, all all of the like, man, was it hard, and especially for me once my water broke. Like it had been hard until then, and then the water broke, and that was just seven minutes more, and then she would Milana was born, and I'm like, oh my god, I thought before was hard. Um, but with the one one tip I sort of do, or sort of like aside from at the end when she's saying you have to push now and and me thinking I can't I can't and she's like you have to push now and it's just like then you know like the it just like everything goes into high gear and happens but was that I was only dilated by two centimeters for so many hours and uh, the contractions were were very very strong but nothing was happening and i was just like you know constantly or screaming every you know three minutes or whatever it was and then she just said finally at night it's like you have to sleep in between your contractions and i'm like are you insane that's like a couple of minutes or something she's like you have to sleep so everyone else can sleep <laughs> and and it was like what and but it was whatever just sort of like you're just be a body whatever she said however she did it it was just like okay i'm gonna do it and then i couldn't believe it but i would i would sleep in between you know in these like three or four minute like waves just crash and then be woken up you know again with glenn like sawing logs beside me and like you know, on my own so that Marissa could sleep on the couch downstairs. My mom could sleep in the other room. Glenn could sleep because, you know, up until then, everybody was wide awake because I was, I was screaming so much, but, but that power, you know, like in, and sort of like the directive and going from like, I can't possibly do that to like finding it in you because someone else believes in you and, and, you know, is there to support you man like just is so amazing all in the sense that you have to have this you have to have a soft and you need a hard right and you need that soft place to like create that you know the fluidness and then when it's go time or there's something that needs to shift you're like okay listen to me <laughs> like there has to be that directive i always just say to partners too i like sort of train them that if your partner looks like you're having a panic attack we're like okay eye contact shoulders ground, directive talk, like, you know, really, because 
you know, laboring women are very suggestive and they'll, they'll listen, but yeah, you to, like you really need to be like, okay, now serious. This is like a disruptor. We're, we're changing, we're changing yeah. the pace here a bit and this has to happen. Got it <laughs> for moments where you, where you need it. Yeah. But it's also like, I was just, when you were talking there, I was just, those are, those are the moments of training. Like I was just, you know, just talking about a, you know, a yes meditation, the last class I was teaching and there's a midwife in the group. And I was just saying, I also sometimes think about birth because I remember like, I, I remember when I was in labor and I remember kept on going, no, I don't really want to do this right now. You know, like, you know, when you feel sick and you're like, no, I don't want to work. I'm going to lie in bed and I'm going to curl up and I'm going to watch TV. Like labor is like, you don't have that option. Yeah. <laughs> don't really want to do this right now, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. And then so you have this other part, you have this no, 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 like this little devil voice. And then you have like a a yes, right? And if you don't train the yes enough, mm-hmm. like the no gets really big. So it's this idea of just like I'm like, like I actually remember, like I remember having the conversation in my head where it was like, I don't really want to do this right now. And then I was like, the other part of me was like, Adrian, pull up your big girl panties. There's nobody else to do this right now. You gotta do this. And I'm just like, God damn, I gotta do this. And I remember like having this like, fight with myself inside my head. So I think about that with women that you're like, you have to like, you have to like keep nourishing that yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's okay. Yes, you're okay. Like everything's okay. Um, acknowledge the fear. And then put it in a bucket and like go okay let's we got to put that aside like like process it get it out quickly and then we're going to move on to like the next stage which is getting your baby out because sometimes they'll have a you know i usually say at like eight centimeters there's transition and they have this cathartic meltdown where you're like i can't do this and i'm like this is part of the process yeah (laughs) every laboring woman who's ever done this naturally has said either internally or externally, I can't do this. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we must be getting close then. <laughs> I think anytime, I always just say that anytime we've ever done anything hard, we've probably had the thought, I can't do this. Yeah. And you do. Yeah. 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 You know, the, the thing that comes to mind for me when I was in the final hours with, uh, in labor with Milana was, I didn't want to embarrass myself or sort of like embarrass our household by being so incredibly loud by like making the sounds that I really wanted to make. But in those last seven minutes, when I like, when I was on the toilet and my water broke and it was just like, oh, I was about to swear stuff just got real. Um, it would like, I mean, it's so long ago now I can't, you know, I, I, I actually am not able to conjure up, you know, that, that pain. But it was it was the most intense ever because it went from like, you know, I, I don't on a scale of like it was already you know super hard so maybe like you know, eighty or something to a thousand on a scale of a hundred and and then like stuff just happened super quickly but I remember being in our upstairs bathroom there's a window right there and just like screaming what to me felt like these blood curdling cries of almost like I'm dying and being torn apart but knowing this is what's happening and thinking 
what are the neighbors thinking? <laughs> and then later when Glenn, you know, like just seeing him take Milana in the sling and out into, you know, the street and all these, and I was told you can't go downstairs for three days, seeing the neighbors from all their houses come to like view this tiny little peanut that had just come into the world was, um, was just it was so neat and eventually i found out from one of our neighbors and i'm like was i really loud like did i keep you guys awake and she's like no it just sounded like someone having really good sex (laughs) (laughs) well that's not what it felt like to me but okay Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, you know, the same way you get the baby out is how you got them in. So all those are sort of things that we're trying to, you know, it's like nipple stimulation and making out, like all of those same things. Like sometimes when you're trying to get the oxytocin flowing, yeah. you're like, all the things that got the baby in, get the baby out. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's quite a ride. It's a mm-hmm. ride. And what a like a glorious ride that we get to, you know, experience as women. Yep. I remember my, I remember my husband uh, after our second. He was like, I could hear him talking, and they're like, "How did it go?" And he was like, "Oh, it was great, piece of cake." And I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Because it was like, you know, like distinct and smooth. So in his head, it was like a piece of cake. And I was like, oh my God, not in this body. It wasn't a piece of cake. <laughs> I just made it look really easy. <laughs> oh, and you know, oh, that just it. reminded me a couple of days after Milana was born, we had our registered massage therapist come over and give everyone massages. Glenn, my mom, me, and do cranial sacral on Milana. And there, I re, and this picture I really want to find because there is this beautiful black and white photo that was taken with an actual camera on with film um, back in the day of Diane, Diane, uh, Diana, Diana holding Milana and just like, I mean, her hands are barely apart because Milana was so tiny and Milana's in this tiny little robe, not even a onesie because she was so small, like onesies, she was swimming in them, but these little like Hugh Hefner robes or whatever were like the cutest (laughs) little thing. And, um, and she's just so alert. It's like, but there's window, like sunlight streaming in through the window and Diana's hair is cascading down and Milana's just so tiny. And she just like, you know, I can, that, that I can, I can feel, even though I wasn't the one doing it, I can just feel like her manipulating all these tiny little bones and cartilage and, and energy, you know, flow and everything. And Milana just staring, the both of them just like so connected. It was just, oh, I'm so grateful that that moment was captured on film because it's just extraordinary. The biggest joys that I've had are either to clients who understand the, you know, the importance of chiropractic and bodies, but also trusted me enough when babies were born to say, can you, can you look at them? Or, you know, I can already see things when they're born and I'll be like, can I, can I, can I do something? I feel like I can help like babies. I can see you're born with, you know, a neck extended and and having a really tough time, you know, regulating. And again, midwives that I've known for years that 
a beautiful moment that um, like, honestly, some of my biggest like moments in life where I remember that one midwife was also a cranio and I'm like, I got the tail, you got the head. And we were just like working on them. And you could see this baby that was having a hard time sort of breathing and would just be like, oh, like come back into themselves. Yeah. Weird, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are some of my most meaningful moments in that birth is getting to um, treat them on the other side and have them, you know, enter this world in this sort of relaxed state because it can, can be a hard process. Yeah. Yeah. Big boys. Big boys. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, Honey Bunch, are you about to say something? Because I just looked at the time. And no, I'm like, I don't. Oh, my God. We've been talking for almost two hours. Two hours. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but it's just like, wow, there's so much more that we could talk about. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay. Well, Honey Bunch, if you don't have anything to add, then, um, then I say we move into our next segment. Um, which is the super rapid fire question round where you're going to have a minute. Glenn is going to bombard you with questions and you just answer quickly, rapidly off the top of your head. No deep thought, okay. please. Because <laughs> otherwise you'll only answer like four questions. And we want, and, you know. And in terms of the first question, you're either going to get it totally or you're not going to get it. So just let it go if you don't guess. <laughs> yeah, just say pass. Some people are like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway okay and then after that glenn will tell you what you've won all right <laughs> okay yeah okay. for those of you who are listening the face that adrian just made disdain <laughs> okay so uh honey bunch are you ready on your mark get set and go Okay, Adrian, what is the best surname for a fake ID? McGroovy or McLovin? Uh, McGroovy. Okay. Do you prefer swimming in pools or the lake? Oh, pools. Okay. Uh, teaching or learning? Oh, sorry, teaching. Uh, naps or massages? Uh, massages. Super salad. Uh, salad. Okay, alkaline water or kombucha? Kombucha. Reincarnation or YOLO, you only live once? Reincarnation. Uh, family night or date night? A family night. The Four Noble Truths or the Four Agreements? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's hard one for, I'm gonna go Four Agreements. Okay, uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> okay, uh, card games or chess? Uh, chess. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. All right. That was, that was easy. Okay. Thank All right. you, Adrian. Oh, Adrian, tell her what she's won. From, you get three little things from the uh, Pam Grote book. Yeah. Uh, the Course in Miracles experiment, uh, starter kit for rewriting your mind. And there, it's basically one thing a, a, a day for a year which I'm not really a Course in Miracles person, but I really appreciate how she's put these little quotes to head her chapters. So the first one, since we're talking about children, is by Keith Johnstone. I began to think of children not as immature adults, but of adults as atrophied children. Let that sink in for a second. 
Um, the next one, Alan Watts. Reality is only a Rorschach ink blot. Like that. And finally, by another Adrian, Adrian Rich. Until we know the assumptions in which we are drenched, we cannot know ourselves. What do you think? What do you assume is going on in life? Good. Examine that. Okay, thank you. All right, congratulations on those three nuggets. Oh, you're welcome. All right, so... Mm. After all of this stuff that we've talked about today, if there is anyone who would like to get in touch with you, to know more about you, to find out more about you, where could they go? I would say uh, uh, Oma Chiropractic. So that's www.omachiro.com as the main website. So that's, I would say, where I spend most of my time. Um, and the other website I have, is Dr. Adrian, so it's A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, McCruvy, M-C-R-U-V-I-E.com, which is needs a little bit of updates, but you can definitely contact me um, through there. All right, fantastic. Thank you. We're going to have a, a block, like a visual slide, so that people who are watching can also see that. Oh, Adrian, thank you so much for today. It has been such an absolute joy, such a delight, and just so super cool to, to hang out with you again. I agree. It's been too long, and thank you. I'm honored for you even thinking about me for this, for this chat. It's nice to connect with you, Glenn, as well. Same here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Okay. okay. And thank you to everyone who tuned in for another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? My name is Lastia. I have been your host. I have been here with Glenn. Our super special, amazing guest today has been Dr. Adrian McRuvy, doula, chiropractor, yogi, and just like super amazing, amazing being who is all about connectivity and interconnectivity with everyone and everything on so many, so many different levels. I am so grateful. We are so grateful for your support, for your engagement. Let us know what you think by liking, by subscribing, by leaving a comment, wherever it is that you're listening or watching. And we are so excited and delighted knowing that in just a couple of weeks, there will be a brand spanking new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? And we look forward to seeing you then. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. This has been an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? an exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lassia Kohut, and I have been your host. My co-host has been Glenn Sheridan. We'd like to thank the following for helping make this podcast a reality. Today's special guest, Adrian McRuvy. Music, Vasco Lorenko, copyright, 123rf.com. Background illustration, Sakma Staircase copyright 123rf.com. For more information on this podcast and our Lassia Kohut Soul Excavator, please visit www.lassiakohut.com. If you like what you've heard, please like, subscribe, and let us know by leaving a comment. Thanks for tuning into Who Do You Think You Are?